Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast. Uh, if I sound a bit breathless, it's probably because I am, and I'm sure Stefan Thomas is the same next to me. It's, I don't know how many hours it is after full time, it's a few now, but Wales have just lost their, their Six Nations uh, opener to Scotland here in Cardiff, um, and it's hard to know how to do justice to that one. Uh, uh, just a ridiculous match. We, we've seen some ridiculous matches in terms of tournament openers. I think Fiji in the World Cup, we were accused of being quite miserable after this one. We'll try to keep this podcast slightly less miserable, but where, where do you start? Obviously, 27-0 down after, well, 40-odd minutes. Very nearly came back to win it. 27-26, the final score. Just a, just a ridiculous match. Yeah, I think if Wales had won, I'm pretty sure it would have been the biggest comeback in Six Nations history. Um yeah, I mean, I'm breathless and uh, I haven't even played in the game. Although I might be because I've just walked up six uh, six set of stairs, but, you know, it's got to be done. But no, I think, um, you know, the first half was really poor. They they looked like a team who, they looked rudderless. They just looked like a team who hadn't had much time together. Um, but I think I wrote uh, during the game that, you know, in the first half, you know, they they were their own worst enemies as well. You know, they lost the contact area. You know, when, when you get smashed back behind the gain line, gain line, it's a vicious circle after that. Um, you know, they didn't help themselves. You know, the line-out was really poor in the first half. You know, they had a couple of opportunities to to really push Scotland under pressure in the closing stages of the first half where they butchered, I think, two line-outs. And I think Johan Lloyd um, failed to, to um, get touch on one of them. But second half, I mean, well, last 38 minutes, it was just... They were like a different team. I mean, I, th- I thought, you know, the, the four was just, they, they looked like they may as well have been a different pack. They It was just all Wales. They had all the momentum. And it just goes to show that when they are allowed to express themselves, there is talent there and they can hurt teams. So I asked Rio Dyer after the game as well. I said, even though it's a defeat, do you feel like you got a bit of momentum going to Twickenham? them? And, he, you know, he answered yes. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's a very strange one, really. But at the end of the day, it's a defeat. They've lost their first game at home in the Six Nations, the Triple Crown, and the Grand Slam's gone. So, um, on the whole, you know, it's a results-based business. You'd have to be disappointed with it. Yeah, you, you do. And I think you're always scratching for positives after that first half. Uh, it, it is funny, you know, you think back to, to games like this. And I suppose the nearest you could probably think of in the last, you know, decade or so is that opener against Ireland in 2013 when Wales were, were 33 down at half time and they came back to to sort of get right back into it with a second half performance. Obviously, that was that was the sort of the catalyst for ending a, an eight game losing streak and going on to win a Six Nations title. I don't expect that to be the case this time round, simply because of where Welsh rugby is and where the other nations are. And I think that's probably the key is. Is is the context of where we were coming to the Six Nations? You know, you you look at where Welsh rugby's been for the last year, just where the finances are in terms of how the regions have been hit. It was always going to have an effect on the Test game, and I thought for for forty minutes, like I thought that's what we were seeing, and then, you know, then we get that second half, and it's it's it is hard to know what to make of it. We were sort of joking there in the in the press box that. I think sometimes as journalists we quite like things to be black and white. We don't like new ones because it makes our job harder. You know, if that, if that had carried on in the vein it was, and Scotland had gone on to win by a record margin in Cardiff, then 
it's very easy to know what to make of that. You know, Scotland haven't won in Cardiff for 22 years. You know, 2002 was the last time they won. You know, for context, Rob Howley was playing that day in his final test. Bill McLaren was commentating. If a Scotland team could come down after all the the the, the mental anguish and the ghost that they've had and win by a record margin, right? Okay, we know where we stand as a as a national team. Um, and then conversely, if they completed the comeback, then it probably makes it easier to sort of except where we're at now is this that this tough tough part of picking sort of bones from a from a defeat but it it was a promising second half and I think we will get on to that was just we've only got a short podcast here, so again it's hard to to sort of pick apart the nuance what changed for you do you think um you obviously Gatlin made changes uh, as we said you know Johan Lloyd came on Thomas Williams came on uh, at scrum half for Gareth Davis um and you'd probably expect him to start at Twickenham next weekend uh, there was a couple of changes I think in the front row uh, or relatively early I think obviously Leon Brown came on for Azarati at half time I think D did he come on at half time yeah, or was he D, D came on half time Thomas Williams and um yeah, Osirati. And then even even you know like guys, I think Mason Grady came on relatively quick. Um, Alex Mann came on quite quickly into that thing, into that second half. Uh, obviously Teddy Williams came on as a brief replacement. You know, Gatlin was quick to show that that performance wasn't acceptable, and it did make it did make a difference, didn't it? Yeah, I think I think going back to your first point, in terms of trying to measure where Wales are at, the way I look at it is that this is the day one or game one of a new era. I know we got the same coach, but by and large, barring one or two players, it, it there is a, a fresh feel to the squad. So that might be the way of looking at it, that this is the first game, right? They were terrible in the first half, but they, were, they were, are on an upward trajectory. So that might be the... We'll find out over the next couple of weeks, obviously, but that might be the way to look at it. But I think, you know, when you look at like somebody like Gareth Davis... It's, it's harder to judge because, like, when he's playing, the pack is having a hiding. But when Thomas comes on, they're on the front foot. Thomas obviously was outstanding. And I think he's. Well, Reese Priestland said Reese Lee Denise is the best player in Wales, and it's hard to disagree with him. And I think he'll start at Twickenham. Um, you know, Costello, I feel a bit sorry for, because again, you know, on the back foot and behind a bad pack when he's on the field. But Johan Lloyd, I thought he was a big positive in the second half. I thought he added, like, a different dimension to Wales' attack variety of his passing he's got a lot of vision just his footwork I thought he kicked well as well on the whole so I think he was a big positive um, remember you saying um, during the game when you sat next to me when Scotland broke from from depth and Alex Mann I think put a tap a tap tackle on uh, I can't remember who it was might have been Van der Merwe yeah I think it, I think it I don't know if it was actually, but yeah, it was sort of. I think Wales had kicked loosely in there, and there was a lot of space over yeah. on that right hand side. But the the key point is these younger players, like Owen Lloyd, like Alex Mann, they all made a difference. Yeah. They didn't go into their shell, and that that's the positive part. That like I was thinking, oh, you know, we're looking at fifty points here, could be more. But then ten minutes ago, you're thinking, oh, Wales are going to win this. They didn't quite have enough to do that, but. You know, I think, yeah, on the whole, it's disappointing and it shows how far back we've gone. But I think, you know, that there was an, we did see enough from some of the younger players to suggest that there might be brighter times ahead. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's the, the one <coughs> definitive positive you can take from this. It, it's always hard to know what to read into this because Scotland were 27 points up, you know, 
it's very it's 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 not a tangible thing to know when they sort of switch off and the the, the intensity drops. And then they have two yellow cards in quick succession. So they have 20 minutes there without, you know, down to 14. They had a run of something, I think it was like 15 or 16 penalties on the bounce. Wales, conversely, I don't think conceded a penalty in the second half. I might be wrong on that, but Which certainly... Which is crazy, because they conceded three in the first seven minutes. Yeah, the like they had, a, they, had a, they had a warning for, for a yellow card off three offsides. Which is like, when do you ever have that? It's just a sign of just how muddled their thinking was in the first half. It's hard to know how much of sort of Wales's harem scarem, you know, attacking approach of, of shifting the ball and, and really moving it is how much that will work, say, at Twickenham next week or in Dublin the week after, you know, two weeks after that, how that consistently works in, in Test rugby because, you know, there was Scotland by and large imploded. Yeah. But what was clear is that this is, you know, these new players. They won't be phased by Test rugby, and they're just gonna they're gonna fight, like like Warren Gatland said afterwards. Other teams probably would have started thinking about next week, and might have thrown in the towel, but this this team didn't. And I think that's again sometimes it feels like we're almost looking for you're almost clutching at positives, you know where we are in Welsh rugby. But you know it's almost like moral victories. But certainly I think just just the, the fight they show that's something that they can build on. You know, I think the tactical stuff can come later. I think it's clear, you know, speaking to coaches in the week, that Wales did want to play a, a slightly more expansive game than they did. And I, th- I think they probably have got to lean into that with where they are in terms of... There's, there's, there's little in the way of expectations. I think they have got to lean into just being more positive. You know, you look at what Matt Sherris done at Cardiff. I know I keep going back to it across the course of the season, but it, he, he sort of sees it as the best way to keep fans invested while basically while we're cutting cloth yeah. is making it an entertaining game and, and that's what he does and I think maybe Wales and Gatland have to do that although I know that's difficult because you lose one test in Wales and you know the baby's out with the bath water so it, it is difficult but I think that's the what they have to lean into and, and hopefully in the in the coming weeks we'll see those sort of tweaks made where they, they get consistent and they're not they don't go into their shells like they did in the first half but then they're also not basically reliant on just having to chance their arm every single time like they were in the second half. But I think in the first half, Scotland played well, don't get me wrong, but Wales were the architects of their own downfall as well. You know, three penalties in the first seven minutes, you know, sloppy offsides, Josh Adams then throws a ball away. Gatlin was furious by that after the game. You know, he doesn't have to do that, obviously, does he? And then that, that effectively cost Wales a try and then Owen Lloyd had a fine game, but he misses touch from a penalty, which should have given us a five-metre line-out. Elias overthrows a few times, so those things can be fixed as well. You know, and if they don't, if Adams doesn't doesn't have that moment of madness, and you know, we Wales nail a couple of line-outs, then the scoring is probably not as bad at half-time. And then I know there's a lot of if buts and maybes, but the point I'm making is it is fixable. But the only problem is you're going up to Twickenham next week and. I think you're right to be saying that like, it's difficult to judge because that was a desperate Wales performance and they're not always going to be able to just throw the ball around helter-skelter like that. You know, It's it's going to have to be a bit more controlled, but the worry at Twickenham is obviously just the power of the English pack. You know, In terms of rugby playing ability, I think Wales can hurt them, but it's just that raw power and the set piece. That's, that, that's what would probably be Wales' undoing next week, but um, time will tell, I suppose. That's true. And, and you know, maybe, maybe that's... 
that point about you know Wales tend to sort of play their rugby when when the chips are down, so to speak. Maybe maybe that's just sort of expectation and perception. You know, maybe it's you only you only need to play your rugby like that when you are that in in that sort of hole. You know, realistically, Wales should be able to marry a a decent territorial game with you know being in a game and then having those moments of attacking ingenuity rather than just having to do it all the time. So you know, maybe that's just more you know perception rather than the the reality. But you say about England's pack, um, and that is going to be difficult. But there, there were there were some positives today. I thought, obviously, you know, when D came on. I thought he made a, a real impact. Corey Domachowski's just played 80 minutes of his first Six Nations match. Played very well, I thought. Played very well. You know, I think first half probably didn't carry as much as he should have, but then this, you can say that for everyone in the Welsh pack. I think Josh Adams had more carries in that first half than most of the Welsh pack, if not all of the Welsh pack. And, and that's a that's a winger who, you know, we, we spent much of the hour before kickoff wondering if he was going to play because there was all this talk about Late fitness tests, him, Nick Tompkins, you know, is one of them not playing. Josh Adams came out, his, his knees sort of strapped up in a brace. You're thinking, okay, is he playing? And yet he was carrying in, in close quarters. He was roaming. He was basically carrying into into banks of forwards. Not the sort of thing you want Josh Adams doing, but that's what he was doing. Second half then, I think, you know, Dav Jenkins really picked up in terms of carrying. Uh, Wainwright obviously had just a ridiculous game. Tommy Reffel, you know, should have been carried off the pitch at the end. Um, and, and Domachowski came to the fore as well in terms of the carrying. And when you get your big men like that carrying, then yeah, it becomes easy because you get you're generating quick ball. And it's funny, you know, you you talk about comebacks, and and you know this would have put the 2010 game. Uh, sort of to bed it, it would have that would have paled in comparison but it was the exact same story that that day I watched that back the other day funnily enough and for for 60 odd minutes Scotland were just winning collisions mm. it's a simple game isn't it you, you win the collisions and you're more than likely going to win it that's what they did that day until everything sort of went a bit mental for them at the end and you know Phil Godman may or may not have tripped up Lee Byrne he may have dived he definitely did yeah <laughs> but uh, hopefully that's where this Welsh pack can can sort of find some kernels of positivity heading into Twickenham next week. Um, you know, Alex Mann, he he's not the biggest carrier, no. but he and you know he's spoken about it himself this 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 season. He, he uses his footwork into contact, and I uh, you know the first few times he got the ball, he's he's using his f- footwork and he's he's dictating which shoulder he's running at. He's he's picking weak weak shoulders, and then he's getting over the gain line because of it. It's just. It's just being smart with the carries, and I think we saw that today. And um, yeah. you know, we, we you got someone like Mackenzie Martin, sort of lurking in the squad. I think they'll give him a run at some point because speaking to people around Cardiff and, and and in Welsh rugby, you know, you can't afford to, to to be ignoring guys who are built like that. As this Welsh team, I know it's only one game, and it's strange to feel positivity when you've lost at home to Scotland for the first time since two thousand and two. But has this got like? a 2003 feel to it in terms of like you know when you go back to 2003 they had a whitewash now obviously um, hindsight's a wonderful thing but if you actually look back at the all three games they were unlucky not to win a few of those games and they were positive yeah. signs and those that, that squad effectively won the slam two years later 
do, do you feel that type of you know okay it's a negative we've lost but do, do you have a bit of positivity that this team if they stick together could could be contenders in a couple of years perhaps yeah I, I, th- I think you do and I think it's only natural to because like you say this is just a a lot of this is just a, a lot of young lads who are, are getting their first steps in senior rugby being thrown together so there's, there's going to be a lot of bumps over the way you know I probably lost count how many times that question's been asked on on when does this come good and and, and when do the when are these players experienced and you know Matt Sherritt at Cardiff says can can win it Alex Mann guys like that they're not going to be experienced this time next year no it's going to be two years down the line three years down the line five years even. you know um, <laughs> someone asked Warren Gatland you know at what point does this young team I mean, bear in mind this young team is eighty minutes in to its sort of new era. At what point does it have the confidence to to not make that start, that 40 minutes of abject rugby? Gatlin put out the number 64, which which was a which to be fair was quite a good joke from him. But good old Rob Cole question. Yeah, it was. Um but yeah, he said 64. Uh, you know, it's, it's, the answer is how long is a piece of string? We don't know. I think to be fair, Gatlin's hoping that it's not going to be two seasons down the line I think he's hoping for something quicker but we are going to have bumps along the road but I think we're going to be better for it you look at you look at where Scotland are right now and Scotland are probably the most settled team in the Six Nations but they're they're the other end of the spectrum they're probably thinking if they don't do something in the next two years think very quickly this this team falls away there's pressure on them yeah exactly Finn Russell probably he's 31 now he could go a, a quite a while longer to be fair to him um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of those players who are just below fifty caps. But so the age range is good now. But in a few years' time, they're, they're going to be sort of reaching where we were, probably where we were four years ago, if we're being honest. Um, that that post twenty nineteen thing, and and maybe I don't know, maybe we didn't do enough in the last four years under Wayne Pivak, and then and then sort of Gatland towards the latter end to, to move that team along. But. Conversely, there's been so many other issues in Welsh rugby that this this reset almost feels forced upon us for for for, for various other reasons than just sort of trying to trying to plan World Cup cycles, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I think one of the criticisms you could have of Wayne Pivak is he did he actually gave out new caps like confetti, but there was no like he he didn't stick with people. Um, you know, he, he throws some into the squad. You ta- see him for twenty minutes. He's like, oh, "That's it in the bin now." You know, so, so and, and I think Warren Gatlin has said in the past, like obviously the last World Cup he'd come in late, so it was impossible really. Um, but he said, you know, he wanted like a lot of the young players of twenty three, twenty four to have twenty or caps by that time, just to, even if they're off the bench five ten minutes and to build up their experience by the time you're out of the World Cup, you're, you know, you're you're in a better state. So <clears throat> I think. Um, I think that's the the sort of big biggest criticism we we could have of Pivak. I know I sound like I'm going back to Pivak, but I think I think that period did set Wales back quite a bit, yeah. to be honest. And and it's interesting you mentioned Pivak because that first forty minutes, someone at half time in the press box, I won't name him because it's it's probably quite a br- no, it's quite a brutal comment. So I won't name him, but they said looking at that forty minutes was a bit like watching, if you remember, sort of during the COVID year, that that autumn campaign where Wales played at Parker Scarlets. Because it did, it just felt like it. Obviously, that was what 
Pivac's second um, sort of campaign with Wales since taking over and the Six Nations was disrupted and then the summer tour to New Zealand was off. And it just felt like there were some players in, in that squad who you sort of looked at and you, you weren't quite sure why they were there or, or, or what the thinking was in terms of, of what of what we're trying to do as a test nation. And, you know, maybe for 40 minutes of today, you were thinking, oh, God, are we, are we getting back to that where you're sort of looking at players? You know, I saw a lot of people say it, you know. Basically, you can't expect to win Six Nations matches when you pick a squad aside that poor. And, and, is, and the perception was that this was a poor side picked for this game, and it, 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 the perception was it's a, it's, a, it's a poor squad, and that all stems from the fact that Welsh rugby is in the doldrums right now, and, and so you're picking from what you've got, and what we've got is obviously just a lot of kids who are being who are being blooded. But I don't know, maybe maybe the second half, and and again, this is 80 minutes into this era of rugby, you know, we're not going to know the answers for a long time, but maybe the second half shows that okay, some of these boys do belong, and maybe. Hopefully, it's not that 2020 sort of Mark II where we're just heading towards God knows what. Although Wales won the Six Nations six months later, so but do what you do think, I know? Do you think that, like, <clears throat> you know, you know, you got players like I don't know, Aaron Wayne, right? Well, he had a great game. He was one of the him and Raffle are the only two in the first half that could really you know get some credit out of it. But you got a lot of players in that squad who. <clears throat> Excuse me. They're, they're playing in poor teams, really. If we're being honest, apart from the Ospreys, they're playing yeah. in poor teams. And then the Ospreys only have four players, and yeah. obviously that's injuries. And, and they they're losing games. So don't you think that for them to go from that environment to a test match like that, and just be able to to be at optimum level from the off is just totally unrealistic? Was it a case of some of these players just finding their feet to this level? Was it like an absolute massive slap in the face? And then you're like, right, I found my bearings, and this is where this is what it's required to play this level. There might have been a bit of that in it, yeah. I think, because if you're a young Irish player, um, <clears throat> like Crowley, the the, um, the island out half, you know, a few weeks back, he's guiding Munster to victory in Toulon. Uh, you get this yeah, it's, 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 less, night, it's less of a step, isn't um, it? No, so yeah. that's that's why, like, I I was always criticised by a lot of people, probably annoyed people at the union when Wales were winning Grand Slam, saying. You know we're winning now, but unless we fix the regional game, then you know rot's going to spread, and it has to an extent, doesn't it? You know there's still there's still hope there, there's still a lot of talent, but we need these young players to be playing at a much higher level. And I know a lot of listeners are say, "I'll oh, leave them go to England and France," but no, you know I I think it's important we have strong Welsh teams. So I think that's something the union I've got to sort out because Warren Gatland and Howley and Rob McBride in the past and Sean Edwards etc. did a great job. We, you know they're good players. They did a great job of papering over the cracks at regional level. But it, no matter how good a coach Gatland is, and he is a world class coach, there's only so much he can do. So I think it's got to be a collective effort. Now it's a, it's a bigger picture. You know they've got to get the that regional game right so that it can properly. It services the national team in terms of players, but the standards got to be a lot higher. So players are are, are you know better sort of um, conditioned for international rugby so that's that could be it as well I think in terms of the first half performance yeah and I think it probably, it's probably not even conditioning is it because I think people get I think some regional fans probably get annoyed I don't mean say, like yeah, fitness I just mean yeah, that's it yeah because when I think they get annoyed when you sort of say conditioning don't you because obviously it's different it's different fitness 
things. Yeah. You know, like you look at Reese Carey, you know, different coaches want different things. Yeah. But as you say, it's about being able to step into that environment. And, and Gatlin said it a couple of times this week, it's 75,000 people, the pace is quicker. You know, I think, I don't know how, how sort of fast, there used to be stats in terms of, you know, speed of ruck and, and you know, rucks per second sort of thing. And But it is a step up. And, you know, when you've got a team like Leinster playing consistently in the last stage of the Champions Cup, that's the closest you get in the Test Rugby. They're better at that. So, yeah, it, we do need to bridge it. Um, it's just, it's it's all about where we go next, isn't it, in terms of Twickenham. Because, you know, while we discuss the, the wider problems there in Welsh Rugby, and of course they're still there, obviously there is, you know, sort of focuses in in this is a six nations campaign even with a with a young squad and next up is is twickenham do you, do you fancy wales to to be able to replicate that second half performance there i think they have it in them <clears throat> excuse me i think they have it in them but it's 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 difficult isn't it because you don't know it would be extremely unprofessional of Scotland if they had like thought they'd won the game after forty-two minutes. Yeah. Um, but you you don't know whether they took their foot off the gas as well. But so then, that's the problem. From the off, it's going to be different. But then sometimes that's subconscious, isn't it? Some you, you, yeah. If you if you're twenty-seven nil up, you probably you know you, you may not think that you're not taking your foot off the gas, but you're probably not going to put your your foot or your your head into a difficult place that you would if yeah. it is. You know the score. The score is on the but on the line. What what I'm interested or looking forward to seeing. Um, you you'd be surprised if Sam Costello plays next week. Yeah, I don't think I don't, I don't want to think Costello deserves that much criticism because he's he's behind a pack. It's getting battered to be honest. And if he was playing in the second half, I think he would have had a good game as well. But it will be interesting to see how Johan Lloyd goes from the off because he's he's a small ten. We you know we remember the. Um, how England put uh, Patchell under pressure it was a big 10 a few years back. You know, they're going to really go for him and they a small 10 like that. They're going to put big runners down his channel. So that'll, that'll be interesting. And it'd be interesting to see as well um, what he does in in the back row. Do you think he'll stick with both them and have man on the bench? Raffle was a totemic, I thought. Um, yeah, that's the call to make, isn't it, on the blind side? Um, I probably reward man. With a start, simply because I think you know, you make your debut, you come on, you score a try, and you just look composed at Test rugby. I think you just got to sort of. I think we're in that we're in that stage, aren't we? Where I think Gatlin's any, any sort of signs of positivity from the youth, he's got to lean into it without without overexposing them. But I think he's got to, again, he's just got to grasp it. The all, other thing we've got to think about, obviously, hasn't been in camp recently because um, obviously is. His wife give birth, but will Will Rowlands come straight back in? To me, he's a good enough player. He's too important yeah, to leave yeah. out if if he's available. Um, and then Ryan Elias didn't have his greatest game, but he's a better player than he showed. And when you're going to Twickenham, you need to win your liners, but you also need power as well. So that's that's an interesting one. I don't think it's as black and white as some people may think after Elliot D did well off the bench. So that'll be a big call as well. I think Thomas starts at nine. Yeah, yeah. It'd, it'd be interesting to see what calls are made. Um, and George I, North has missed as well, I think. Yeah, you'd expect him to come straight back in. Um, yeah, I th- I, and to be fair, you'd have expected that 
on Friday, like regardless of what the result was this week. I think it was almost just sort of taken as read that, okay, North's not playing this one, but he'll be back for Twickenham. And, you know, without even thinking it, you're thinking, okay, well, he's, he's probably start, he'll start then, regardless of what, and it, it sounds bad to say it, but regardless of what Owen Watkin and Nick Tompkins did in midfield. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what Gatland does in terms of changes. Um, it's probably going to look quite similar to the side that finished the game, you know, just based on the performance. Um, I think that's practically it for the podcast. I think we we could talk, but we'll probably just go around in circles because, like I say, it's a very difficult one to sum up. Uh, hopefully this podcast has been somewhat comprehensive because I think our brains are, are both sort of scrambled yeah. here uh, late on Saturday night. Hopefully they won't all be like this. It's Welsh rugby, so they're <laughs> going to be worse. I mean, yeah. You know, we probably we were sat here last year thinking the same thing after a dismal first half against Ireland, and, and look how that Six Nations turned out. Yeah. Hopefully, we haven't jinxed it, and, and hopefully, well, at least we haven't got a player strike to contend with. For yeah, now. yet. <laughs> that's, that's that's the crucial word. Yet, there's nothing yet, but there's still time. Um, but no, uh, it's a cliche, but it was a game of two halves today. Um, and unfortunately, Wales just didn't quite do enough to come back, but certainly a remarkable match. As we piece our brains together and, and start to think of more coherent things to say, we will be doing that over the course of the week. And of course, you can catch all that on Wales Online. If you have enjoyed the podcast, do make sure to leave a review. It really does help us out. But until the next pod, goodbye.